You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, y'all. Spooky season is here. And if you're looking for a show to whet your appetite for a little haunted history, then I'd like to invite you to check out Southern Gothic, a chart-topping history podcast that explores some of the most infamous legends, folklore, ghost stories, and hauntings of the American South. We've covered all sorts of stuff from the Bell Witch of Tennessee to the disappearance of the Confederate submarine, the H.L. Hunley, not to mention our deep dives into the local lore of some of America's oldest and most haunted cities like New Orleans, Charleston, in St. Augustine. So, if you're ready for a little good old-fashioned Halloween storytelling with a commitment to quality historical research, then be sure to check out Southern Gothic today. It's available now on all your favorite podcast apps. Monster House presents... Monster Talk's a proud member of the Airwave Media Podcast Network, home of such shows as Kick-Ass News, Movie Therapy, and Therapist Uncensored. If you'd like to advertise on this show, contact sales at advertisecast.com. Are you okay? I feel funny. Have you noticed anything odd with Emily? It says Dybbuk. It's the Hebrew word for demon. What does this thing want with my daughter? The spirit is the taker of children. We're all here for you. Once in a box, it's open. People die. I saw something in her. Her possession. We're in PG-13. It's actually quite unlike anything we've ever seen before. A giant hairy creature. Part ape, part man. In Loch Ness, a 24-mile-long bottomless lake in the highlands of Scotland. It's a creature known as the Loch Ness Monster. Monster Talk. Welcome to Monster Talk, the science show about monsters. I'm Blake Smith. And I'm Karen Stoltzner. This week's episode is another from our YouTube series, Debased on a True Story. We'll be taking a look at the film The Possession, a 2012 production directed by Ole Bornethal and produced by Sam Raimi and Robert Tappert, among others. I'm a longtime fan of Raimi's direction. And his work with Robert Tappert produced things like the Evil Dead series and the TV shows Hercules and Xena. But this film is ripped from the headlines based on the story told by Kevin Manis, who said that he bought a wine cabinet in 2001 that turned out to be a container for a Dybbuk, an evil spirit from Jewish folklore. Was it a true story? 
Stay tuned and find out, but be advised that this episode has many spoilers for the film The Possession. So if you prefer to see your movies before having them deconstructed, you might want to pause here and go find somewhere cozy to watch the film. A link to the movie, along with some articles about the film's subject matter, are in the show notes. Monster Talk. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of The Based on a True Story. I'm Matthew Baxter. Hi, everyone. I'm Karen Stolzner. And Shalom. I'm Blake Smith. (laughs) (laughs) So just a little hint at what we're going to be discussing today. That's right. The possession. The possession. (laughs) But I think think a lot of people know this movie as the Dybbuk box rather it than is, the it possession. Is, it is the Dybbuk box movie. It is. Yeah. yeah. But yes, there exactly. is actually a Dybbuk box movie as well. So we have to be careful. Oh, yeah. is okay. that one also based on a true story? I'm sure it's probably. <laughs> it, is this one? <laughs> is the, yeah, that's. Wow. Very, yeah. very well asked there, Karen. I enjoyed the film. I think in and really? of itself. Yeah. I think it's a fun film. And it has shades of other movies like The Exorcist, which we'll get into shortly. But, uh, yeah, I think it's a fun film. But when taken into consideration with the backstory, maybe not so fun. I, I yeah. felt like it was an easy bake oven, too much, too formulaic. <laughs> like, uh, but but That's very Hollywood. pretty, very pretty. <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah. I like seeing Jeffrey Dean Morgan in almost anything. And uh you know, his in his background, he he was actually going to be a professional basketball player. That was his goal, uh, and he, uh, oh, he he got and an injury and didn't get to do that. So it was well, cool. He was the like, coach in this. in this, exactly. So he gets to yeah. bring those basketball skills back to play. So when he was shooting in that scene, probably really shooting. Yeah. So that was based yeah. on true events. That's that part was true. The only part. Well, <laughs> yeah. all right. Well, thank over. you everyone for joining us. Um, <laughs> yeah. Next week, uh, no. Uh, yeah, this I I thought it was a a fun movie and uh, Blake and I had uh, talked very briefly before the show about how um, when you look at the other movies that came out around the same time, um, this was one of the better movies. Uh, it, it really was, and it has a lot of bad about it. Even setting aside the whole this is a true story, <clears throat> but uh, you know there there's a plot hole here and there. Mm. Uh, that uh, we'll probably have to examine but yeah. the, the the movie kind of starts out when did this come out 2012 i believe yes. I think, yeah i think so yeah okay so the movie starts out with uh this uh, this older woman standing in what appears to be her living room lounge room uh staring at this box sitting on the the mantle mm-hmm. um and it's like she's having some sort of communication with it but not a yeah. happy communication. She seems to be very upset about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she decides that's it. You're evicted. And uh, went to, what you go get a hammer, I believe. Yeah. Uh, she went and got a ball team hammer. She was going to smash it. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, it did not go well. I thought that was, a, that was probably a metaphor for the, uh, the control that television has over us all. Uh, it talks to us, but we can't talk back. And you want to just smash it with a hammer. And you have That's to shoot it right. like Elvis. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, no, I, I thought I that completely. that was such a violent scene. Uh, I, now, I had seen this movie, I guess, around the time that it's uh, that it came out. <laughs> and I've forgotten a lot of it. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, really? Really? You saw it in the theaters? 
Oh, no, no. I, I guess when it came out, you know, for oh, video. On, streaming on video, video whatever, got, got whatever together, format it, it came out on. And yep. But I'd forgotten a lot of the plot. And so to watch that scene again, I thought, wow, that was just so violent. And I think that that should have killed her, the way that it thrust her back against the wall and threw her against the coffee table and her head yeah. smacked and she's bleeding. And, yeah, I the way she was lying there when her son was trying to get into the house to check on her, I thought, oh, she's gone. So I couldn't yeah, remember it, that she had survived. It looked like, you know, Peter Griffith, you know, Griffin, after he had like fallen out of a plane or something, um, yeah. how they always have, you know, the arms everywhere. Um, yeah. It, 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 when you're that age, usually just bending over to get a spoon will break your hip. So it was really surprising yeah, that she's just walked she it off. So to speak. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I guess that that was instrumental to the scene, um, which which comes on later on where they're at the yard sale and the little girl gets to well, see her. And It was a little confusing, though, in a sense, because it seemed like the yard sale was on one side of the street. But the little girl takes the box across the street and sees through the window that the this woman is in a, a bed being in a convalescent sort of state. Mm-hmm. And I was trying to figure out what why is the yard sale happening over there? If the the whole story just starts to break down immediately at that point, no, well, no, it was. I just, was, I, think it was bad, I think it was bad pacing there because uh, it was supposed to show her kind of walking alongside the house and the the yard sale was out front, but gotcha. it, it is it was hard to see. It was like what's what's exactly going on? But the only real tip off you had to that was that the carer, whether she was a nurse or whatever, was the same person that she saw going in the front door um, and getting yes. her, uh, uh, you know, a stink eye. So yes, um, yeah. But I think we should backtrack a little bit just to talk about the family. So you've got the situation with the family. Uh, they've gone through the husband and wife exes have gone through a divorce. I think three months before, and so you have this this broken home. And uh, the two girls, I guess, have got joint custody. Uh, go to the father's house on the weekend, and he's moved from his little apartment to a brand new house. And I guess that really sets the scene for them needing to go to this yard sale so that he can get some, I think, uh, dinnerware, crockery or something. The and, kids uh, complain that he's he's living in a divorce home with, you know, where's the Ikea? He's got nothing. There's no decorations. And the house does look really nice. It looks very it fancy. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I, in some ways, I think it just, it was very modern and everything. It didn't really suit him. He just seemed like a kind of Bachelor. You know, bachelor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Basketball playing it's, bachelor. It, yeah. Um, it was a lot of home for a guy who only sees the kids on the weekend. So, yeah. And but, I guess, you know, yeah, and again, to, yeah, such a, such a trope. Them. Yeah. Such a trope. Yeah. It, it, you know, it's like uh, Mrs. Doubtfire uh, ready to happen here. You know, and the only way you can see his well, kids is if he dresses up like a woman now. And so, what were you <laughs> saying of Kira Sedgwick as well? Uh, well, you, you know, were saying that excellent that's a kind of casting. typical yeah, type excellent. cast role for her. Yeah, a little bit, a little bit. I mean, she's had some excellent roles and she's uh, uh, been nominated and awarded uh, quite a few awards and everything. But I always see her either as a widower, divorcee, uh, always very disappointed in the ex, uh, ex-husband and, and men in general. Um, and she played that role fantastic in this oh, as except well. Except for the, the dentist, her boyfriend. 
Yeah, yeah. But what wasn't he from Melrose Place? So yes, yeah. I, I, taking a little bit of a step <laughs> up, maybe, you know. Wait, Kelly. it was like yeah, what, what 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 her ex-husband's a college basketball coach and her boyfriend's a dentist. She she's uh she's got a nose for uh income, I think. So yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, I thought that it was rather rude that he'd done some work on the teenage girl. So that was uh that uh Hannah was the teenager. Yeah. And I think you're too young to really get any kind of dental work at that point. And I don't know what he did if he put in some veneers or something. But I think it's Invisalign. Was, oh, uh, he wanted overbite correction. Yeah. Oh, yeah. okay. So, but still, should have um, been with his with the father's permission. But anyway. Yeah, yeah. That's. It, a, it, a, I totally digress. It's not relevant to the Dybbuk <laughs> box <laughs> at all. We're all uh, just but, kind of outraged here, you yeah. know, because we have children. Well, uh, um, yeah, <laughs> I have a like. I don't. I don't. Can we put a pin in the thing about uh, like Dentist. there was this whole thing about uh, the 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 movie sort of like we're introduced to the kids because the youngest one wants to be she wants to promote uh, vegetarianism in the school and it's kind of like sort of set up to be a socially activist. Uh, she really wants to like make the world a better place. So when she becomes uh, under the effects of the thing in this box, you know, it's a big character change for her. So, yeah, I mean, I wasn't buying the vegetarianism thing when she was on the floor with the raw steak in her mouth. Well, um, I was, yeah, that was the thing. I was like, why was if the house is, is vegetarian? Why was there a steak in the fridge? Yeah. I think that dentist must have snuck it in there. But, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, but I do like her. I, I think she's a brilliant little actor. I mean, her decline. Oh, yeah is uh astounding and i mean she goes from being this sweet little girl who's just trying to who's disappointed and wants her parents to get back together again uh the sweet little innocent thing to becoming a, a demon i guess yeah <laughs> and, there, and there didn't was, uh, the girl who played hannah wasn't she perfect in a very irritated teenager role oh she had that down yeah <sighs> Yeah, yeah, nice. very, very yeah. legit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, I think it is interesting when, uh, well, obviously things start happening to the little girl when she opens up the box because for some time she can't open it. It's like one of those puzzle boxes, and it's difficult for for her to to prize open. And well, I think the father has a go at it, and he can't manage it. But I think uh, when she opens up that box and finds those objects inside, it, it's very creepy. But she finds a dead moth. It's a very large moth. It looks like one of those murder hornets, death head, I think. Yeah, yeah, the death head, yeah, yeah. It did, and, it, yeah. Oh, it did, yeah, yeah, a little bit, yeah. And, and but, then and I felt bad for the dad because, like, when when suddenly there's a real live moth, you know, the dad instinct is the daughter screaming, "Kill it!" And then everybody turns on him for killing it on the bed or killing it at all. He should have taken it outside. You know, that's like, yeah. Uh, well, yeah, I thought that was another good kind of typical family situation. Very realistic. Yeah. 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 But yeah, she finds in there uh, a tooth, which was pretty gross and which comes back into play later on with the dentist as well. Which is actually this tooth right here. Wow. Uh, the tooth that was in the box. Okay. Not really. It was in here. Happen to have it handy. Let's let's move on. Uh, and little, I can't think of what else she finds in there. there. It, yeah, it, it seems like a, a little uh, like a bird on, skeleton. Oh, yeah, there was a bird skeleton. Cotton balls of cotton and little containers with de desiccated life. Uh, mm. Very a mirror, oh, mirror on the lid. Yeah, and the ring. Yeah, the ring. So, which she takes out mm -hmm. and promptly puts on, and then all hell breaks loose. Really. 
You know, we don't we don't learn much about the ring. I mean, I I thought it might have vaguely been reminiscent of the uh, the sort of the Ring of Solomon, which was supposed to be able to control demons. So it wasn't uh, the Ring of Gollum. It was it not the Ring of Gollum. It, it wasn't right? the, <laughs> that wasn't uh, her Gollum. Yeah. I thought it looked like one of those kind of sporting rings, you know, that uh, when players on a football team or something get a yeah, ring. Yeah, yeah, a little like bit that yeah. to me. Yeah. Yep. But yeah, I mean, the, the thing is, is when we actually do get to see the Dybbuk later, uh, Gollum does come to mind. Um, yes, very much so. <clears throat> yeah. yeah. Creepy little demon baby kind of a thing. Done. But then is is positioned as being a, a woman from the sound of the voice, which we start to see the presence of the demon, uh, the hand coming out of the little girl's mouth. And um, when she's munching on fries in a restaurant and she just keeps eating and she's you know, starving, and that voice comes out of her saying she's still hungry. And that sounds like a, a woman to me, so it's kind of strange mm-hmm. that then the, the demon's baby-like. No, it also reminded grow. me of the, uh, was it uh, Chris Farley when he did the skit in the mall where he was supposed <laughs> yeah. to be on a diet and he keeps eating French fries and they tell him to stop? He's like, no, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, I like the scene too where um, she's eating pancakes for breakfast and she just keeps shoving them in her mouth and the father yes. tells her to slow down and she stabs him. That's that was a good surprising. Point. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That that's one that of those was... memorable scenes, though, you know, that, that make you think, yeah, that was a good movie. Uh, because that, that came out of nowhere. You didn't expect that. And uh and, and the injury on his hand never really got brought up again because that went it did not. He was remarkably point. calm for having been yeah. stabbed in the hand with a fork. Yeah. And the fork was hanging out of his hand. <laughs> you know, yeah. he's like, it was like, my gosh, that was peculiar behavior from my daughter. I need yeah. to investigate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Nobody cusses in this movie, except for the girl at one, one point in the film, like this, it's, there was, it was remarkably stayed uh, performance in the, from the dirty language department. Like hardly anybody's, I believe the the, the f bombs would have been dropping pretty fast in my house when things started Absolutely. to go south. Yeah, no, definitely. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Just uh, the moth, and like nothing supernatural. Just the moth in the bed would have probably got a a a a, 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 a priest worthy uh, cascade of, of of blasphemy. I think well, <laughs> I knew I had one around which, here somewhere. Yeah, it's not a <laughs> not a bent one. Um, um not yet. But the times think, they are changing. Yeah. <laughs> I think that uh, the the moth scene. So we should talk a little bit more about that, and that really yes. reminds me of Amityville with the flies. Yeah, and yeah. Further to the idea that the director of the film, I can't remember his name. It's Ole Bornadal. He's a Danish director, and he says more. that he was very heavily influenced by uh, The Exorcist, and that scene. I think in particular, it really is is very. Uh, very strong that uh, he was oh, yeah. influenced by it to see all of those moths. And that is genuinely a creepy scene with the little girl on the bed. And it looks like she's uh, in a trance or something. Looking and in the mirror. Yeah. Moths everywhere. And it just seems like an infestation in this new home. Just a yeah. bad neighborhood. Well, and the, yeah. the, uh, the two things, uh, for, again, for meta- metaphor, the the moth obviously symbolizes change, uh, you know, going from a caterpillar to you know this this flying other form uh, and also the devouring of fabrics uh but but the other thing is they're constantly using drone shots of uh top-down views of the neighborhoods and buildings and this i think in a sense that's yeah. supposed to show us that 
in everybody's in a box all the time. Like, so you're constantly dealing with these boxes uh, as, as the film progresses. So wow, you're good wanna, at this, Blake. So. <laughs> That's some good analysis there. Cause I didn't yeah. really. Wow. You should be part of a show. Talking about things like break this. down things. Yeah. That, that'd be <laughs> awesome. You do good at that. Um, yeah. You know, it, it's uh, that was one of the things uh, the, uh, um, is that uh, Matasheu? Is that the uh, the artist, um, the musician that played uh, the the? Uh, I don't know if he was a rabbi yet or in training. He was the what? son of a rabbi. The son of a rabbi. And, yeah, son of a rabbi. Yeah, yeah. and then he was also in, in real life. He is uh, that, as he said, these curls are real. In one of the little bonus features, mm. <laughs> uh, yeah, he is Hasidic Jew. Uh, yeah. and uh, not a costume so he was, yeah <laughs> not a costume yeah he's, he's not acting have you so, listened yeah. to any of, his, any of his music i have not it's very uh, um it's kind of like uh bob marley but a little less hmm. reggae that's pretty cool and i thought yeah he played that role very well he mm-hmm. came across as just very gentle and very concerned i guess we're leaping ahead at this point uh to the point where they're requiring an exorcism <laughs> And the the rest Whoa. of the community are just kind of turning their backs and uh, on the, the father and the little girl and saying it's left up to God to decide mm-hmm. what's going to happen. Yeah, but as as, as the daughter, I mean, because I, I think the plot is sort of dealing with the idea of is she really possessed or is she uh, just reacting to the divorce that's going on? Of course, mm-hmm. as the audience, we're seeing a, a very explicit. Uh, clear indications that 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 there's something supernatural going on so it sort of creates that dramatic irony of we know something that the rest of the people don't oh yeah Um, yeah it really comes across as she's just unhappy because of the the broken home situation and at the same time as though the father's turned violent and there's that one scene where something slaps her and from the perspective of the teenager it looks like the father's slapping the little girl around and Mm -hmm. and yeah everyone as you say dramatic irony um, and we're seeing I, and I don't everything. Want to throw, yeah, I don't want to throw away the fact that at school she begins to act out, attacks one other student because the kid decides to steal her bag, which has she snuck the Dybbuk box into the school. We know, like great, you do. big duffel yeah. bag. Yeah, very sneaky. Yeah, yeah. But, I but then, that was the, who who gets of... punished for this? The, the the teacher gets killed. I think she's our first on screen death, and like she did nothing to deserve that death. You well, know, yeah. yeah. And I so, think yeah. well, she she confiscated the box, and she was the one well, who said, "I think yeah. I think if she spends some time away from the box, that that will be for the best." But, but dad uh, goes yeah. and throws it in a dumpster. Mm. Well, that's the thing, and that's one of those plot holes that Matt has talked about. Why is it yeah. that the father wasn't killed? You know, why is it that the the Jew is killed towards the end, and that this teacher is killed? All of these, uh, you know, well, to some extent, well, innocence, and yet uh, the parents aren't killed. And so many times, too, the scene that Matt referred to earlier with the the little girl with the meat in her mouth and. Um, just destroying the kitchen. I mean, at that point, she was holding a shard of glass and she could have killed the mother. And why did she not? Well, there was a lot of really over-the-top vulgar displays of power. Um, But it didn't seem like they had purpose. Because every time you would expect 
that to come out and, you know, take care of things. It didn't. It only happened mm -hmm. in these kind of jump scare moments. And, and uh, so that was disappointing. But I also want to say about the whole slapping thing is, you know, if you watch that, you can see the marks on her face. Oh. And that was a total nod to The Exorcist again. Okay. Um, yeah. No, I, and, uh, well, I thought which, another. Which I consider nod. that to be a bit of a, a bit of a, a, you know, homage to the exorcist. Well, I think I think was another scary. nod to the exorcist was the MRI scene where yes. little girls having all of these tests to see what's wrong with her from a psychiatric point of view. And uh, I have to say, having had an MRI, it's not exactly like that. Um, you know, perhaps it might be in, in some instances, but I did think that that was very creepy when, I mean, you wouldn't have the whole family in the room watching as this is taking place, you know, <laughs> you, would not, you would die. But I did think it was creepy to see this face appear right next to the little girl's heart well, with the MRI I it. I mean, results. It's a great effect. It, it but but Terrifying. as you say, the MRI does slices and then they reconstruct them in the computer. It's yeah. not a it's live not a view. Footage. It's not an instant yeah. Right, right, yeah. Yeah. So, but it was a super creepy idea to have literally to be able effective. to see the demon. Yeah, well, and yeah. I think but the demon point... knew where to look too. Yeah, yeah. It was you know, and they go. Rah! <laughs> You know, yeah. Yeah. you knew well, where to look so it looked like, it was, you know, from the screen. It was certainly a plot device so that the mother would start believing in what was happening and that it wasn't yeah. the father's involvement. It's yeah, real. absolutely. And, but but the, yeah. what about the mask that she had to wear to hold her head down? Is that something they do more for children, you think? Because I I've know never seen that before. That. Uh, yeah, well, me neither, but I want a Halloween costume that has well, that. I think she would be sedated. I don't think that they just would have put her through that, you know, and, and they – do you have a little thing to position your head and often a pillow and they usually give you earplugs as well. So again, I think it's, it's very like loud. Yeah. Yeah. Extremely loud. And it is very much like uh, the exorcist where they're just subjecting her to these torture like uh, yeah. tests. And, and I think just to kind of instill that extra fear in you that, oh, this poor little girl undergoing all of this and she's suffering so much. Well, it's kind of like well, uh, the, the rabbi's son says, I don't like hospitals. Um, yeah, People I think we all, we all get that <laughs> yeah, feeling, yeah. you know, that we don't like this hospital. Um, well, little did he know he was on his way to his own death shortly thereafter. <laughs> yeah, that's well, true. <laughs> Another well, you know, it was all about we, we, I love the fact, okay, so we're, we're alluding to the fact that, that this, uh, this son of a rabbi comes to help, but Seems we like sort of insult. left out the part. <laughs> We let we we love we left out the part where how did we how did he get involved, which is uh which is the father figures out by talking to another expert at the college where he, he's a basketball coach at college. He goes to a religious studies guy and that guy says this is uh the word for a Jewish demon, and mm -hmm. this is a box designed to keep one inside. And you know, and when he realizes that he needs help. He he jumps in his car and drives to the closest, I guess, place he can think of where he'll find lots of Jewish people. He finds New a rabbi York. in New York City. So I thought that's a little stereotypical. I mean, <laughs> I mean, they probably also have rabbis in, in Rochester, you know, no. like you don't necessarily have to go down to New York City. But it was very <laughs> well, they, cool to see that. I mean, pretty you know, fun. New York and Hollywood. Though. That's the so. only places they are. Yeah. So. I couldn't I quite tell where he was going to, if it was Albany or, or exactly where he was going. Yeah. Yeah. So he, he went down to New York City. There's a large Hasidic uh, Jewish community there. And and he went and talked to some rabbi. And I love their hats. They were wearing, I don't know what those are called, but they were, I think of it as the big Russian uh, Orthodox type oh, fur hats. Yeah. And, uh, and, sure. and, 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 
And he went. He. Uh, I think he meant the skull caps. Or... Oh no, no, the yarmulkes. Cool. Yeah, no, I no. I was I was talking. The, just I love the the idea of bringing in. Uh, you know, this like this would be the scene if this was a sort of a Christian movie. It would be the scene where you go get the Catholic priest. You know, mm-hmm. so we're getting yes. a rabbi instead. And it's I love the idea of like matching your spiritual protection to the sort of origin of the demon. So hmm. you know that that's yeah, uh, and that's kind of cool. Think... Uh, yeah, I think it is It is cool to see those differences. And I think that there's just something a little bit more creepy about these Orthodox Jews performing a uh, an exorcism as opposed to a priest. I think just uh, in terms of what we're familiar with, we're so used to seeing Catholic exorcisms and, and that's the stereotype. So this... Mm-hmm. Wait, when you say creepy, just, do you mean just exotic? Like it's because it's just not as often depicted? I think, yeah, yeah. Just yeah. it's not... not you know what we're familiar with we're familiar with the whole yeah. exorcist idea with the the purple um yeah, the stole, and, yeah. stole uh yeah and just that that is kind of the the stereotype for seeing an exorcism so to see it this way i think just added an, an element of of being you know different and and not knowing what to expect would also yeah, add to yeah, the yeah, sort of universality <laughs> What? <laughs> I was going to say it added to the universality of demonic possession that like maybe every religion has some kind of demons well, and yeah. how to deal with them. Yeah. Which is oh, yeah. pretty true. Yeah. A lot yeah, of people got, don't yeah. think that we, we don't think of that outside of our own experience or what we're familiar with. And Yeah. I, it was a very interesting thing to watch that. And, and the, the, the rabbi who's going to be doing the exorcism is this, it's the same as a, catholic priest is they are a represent representative of of god and they're 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 assuming basically god's power to say get out of here you know you well, don't belong I've, here demon and so it's kind of strange when they're the like they're like uh yes yeah, just leave it up to god yeah you know it's like yeah aren't you supposed well, to go and represent god you know um, well, i thought it was uh interesting the scene where the father attempts an exorcism and he goes to see the little girl. I think she's homesick mm-hmm. from school that day, and the other daughter is heading off to school. And he sits on her bed and starts reading from the the Torah. And pretty quickly, I think she turns her head to look at him and just gives him the stink eye, as, as Matt said earlier. It, it, and then the book just was, flies across the room. It was a terrible experience. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So. but it, it was just it was amusing to see that just how pathetic his attempt was, and it you know, was how, how yeah. this this power was uh, much stronger than him yeah and again that was another one of those displays of power that could have been used in other ways but uh, yeah. yeah anyway um yeah she could well, have just about... you know, closed the door before he came in the room maybe i don't know um, well, what about the exorcism itself so i think that they're down in the morgue aren't they they um well they, they I... go to the the physical therapy place first uh which is which he knew from basketball and then from there the at one point the demon escapes the room and goes to the morgue which for some reason is full of dead bodies and no refrigeration that was very yes, weird that's like, exactly what i said to matt like, i said yeah. there's some weird tragedy where it's like well, 30 corpses and no ac it was well i wonder if the room itself might have been <laughs> a big refrigerator uh, you know, yeah it may be but even We're still that used wasn't to typical i don't know yeah it seemed a little strange yeah, yeah, but it was whole DOA had, uh, some tags, tags and everything. And, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. But it, I think that certainly added to the creepy factor that they're in a morgue, and I think it was kind of foreshadowing what was going to happen too. Well, it kind of made Maybe. you feel like you had to be on guard for these dead bodies to do something, you know, hop up and dance thriller or something. 
because um, <laughs> you know why did they need to be there other than it was just kind of a low level creep factor so well that and it was a really uh, familiar spot for our main character jeffrey dean because he's used to morgan <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Nice no. One. But... <laughs> well... Was it really? It was not. It was not. Like those dead bodies, it's a stinker. Sorry. What... <laughs> oh boy. But I did think that the exorcism itself was um a little kind of wishy washy, really. Um, you know, it, it didn't last terribly long and Read some the words. demon very quickly transfers from the little girl into the father who's screaming, take me, take who me. Who kept saying over and over again, I guess that he had definitely seen the exorcist because he yes. said, take father, me, take yeah. me. Yeah. yeah. I was yeah. like, okay. <laughs> definitely a nod to that. But then that <laughs> seemed pointless. Uh, you know, like in the exorcist, take me, take me. Okay. Now you're in my body. I've got a little bit of control left. I'm going to jump out the window and take you with me. Uh, okay. I've got you now. I'm going to fall asleep. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Hello, I'm Paul Giamatti. And I'm Stephen Asma. Each week on Chinwag, we dig into the weird topics you wonder about, that you care about. The stuff none of us are totally sure of, like the Bermuda Triangle, Mothman, Consciousness, Philosophy, UFOs, Ghosts, or say Bigfoot. So who's to say that there's not alien species that are Sasquatch? Like I've seen a ghost, and I would hear something walking and breathing. Maybe every path is right. I will accept as a premise that every path is right. That is a face on Mars. Eyes, nose. It kind of looked like Wilson the volleyball. Some people enjoy the waves or whatever uh, crashing, and I enjoy listening to a quantum physics audiobook. I do think there are many things in the world that we just don't understand yeah. and probably won't understand. That's our yeah. whole show. <laughs> so join us every Wednesday on all major podcast platforms and find us on Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter at ChinwagPod and Wagon. Yeah. Well, he kind of slumped over and yeah, I mean, so, eyes yeah, the, rolled the, back into his head. And the, 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 the Dybbuk could be a little bit like, okay, I am going to choose this moment to jump into your body because you're bigger, you're stronger, and I can utilize that in some way. Mm -hmm. um, but I've got this downtime, you know, of, of 20 minutes or so before I can actually do anything. Is this a good time to make the jump? And the demon didn't plan ahead, I think, in this sense, <laughs> and didn't think about that downtime because. Gave them plenty of time to finish the uh, exorcism. Yeah. Well, well I the first it... time we see the possession, we see all the the moths flying into the little girl, sort of exhibiting, and like, but mm. but in between, when it jumped from the little girl to the dad, we didn't see any of that transfer. It just it just happened off screen. Yeah, well, there was a yeah, couple. Like, think, he had some oh. moths flying in, didn't he? Or were they flying uh, out? Maybe I didn't uh, see him. I, I when they flew they out, did. when he when he, yeah, they flew out. Yeah, I yeah. think to to show that that was that he was possessed. But yeah, the mm -hmm. the whole thing, I think him being possessed and then this demon leaving him was kind of without incident. And you hear of a lot of uh, stories, uh, anecdotes when it comes to exorcisms with the kinds of things that happen. You'll hear a shotgun or or something else like that when the the demon leaves. But this one just kind of slunk away, back into the box, and yeah. that was it. <laughs> 
Enough yeah. Said. So so they put it in the box, <laughs> they close it up, they throw a prayer cloth over it, and mm-hmm. our uh, not rabbi uh, loads it into Jeffrey D. Morgan's car, which Jeffrey D. Morgan says, you could just keep the car, I'm staying here. Like, yeah, and I don't that's need not actually how lives. car transfers work. That's not a thing, but yeah, it yeah, all worked out. It was out. a okay. pretty nice car for a coach too, but I wanted to say we've got to talk about the Dybbuk's name, how kind of like Rapunzel, they needed to discover the name of the, the demon. And that was, I think, a bizu, which meant taker of children. It's a handy was word to have in your vocab. So quite yeah, creepy. Yeah. I mean, from the first scene anyway, yeah, maybe maybe that's a thing, but it seemed to to have a, a focus on um children rather than than adults. Yeah. Well, although it started in an old lady and spent some time in Jeffrey Dean Morgan, so yeah. Yeah. And it yeah, didn't didn't get rid of any of them, but but again, anyway. here, so, this this box is supposed to house the the Dybbuk. It's supposed to mm-hmm. keep it under control. It's supposed to keep it from doing anything. Again, we have a vulgar display of power at the end when it's in the Dybbuk box and under control and under a prayer. True. That's sheet a good point. So yeah. I, I don't understand how the Dybbuk managed to have a semi-truck hit uh, the car and have have the car obviously you know have uh the uh, the rabbi's son not paying attention um hmm. the whole and thing just kind of seems strange like wasn't there a scene in either the poltergeist or amityville where someone was injured in a car yeah i think uh priest the, the we had the priest we had the the, vom- Which the vomiting was it, nun uh in uh the uh amityville Okay, uh, okay. In the original, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, so we had priest, the... he he was sick, and then he was in a car accident. There was all kinds of stuff that happened to him to keep him from coming back to help clear the house. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Yeah, yeah. But like I, I think we probably the... we probably spent long enough talking about the movie and the plot. We should start talking about the the, the true, true story. story. Well, I mean, obviously this this story is so incredible, and you know, people died, and it was very, as you say, so many vulgar displays of power. There should be lots of documentation for the true story. Then, I guess. Mm-hmm. So yeah. you want to lay it on us? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I don't want to. This is one of those cases that when it first came out, like that when it first hit the world uh, as a paranormal story, I was. I was fascinated because um, it sounded like a scheme to sell something on eBay. Exactly. Uh, and, right. and, and that's yes. it's what it sounded like. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, that, well, in fact, we should probably expound on what the claims are before we get into what actually happened. That was right around the time that a lot of things were being sold on eBay, on Etsy, haunted items. So this was really in keeping with that kind of you know, belief and, and story. But I get a little yeah. confused because you've got a number of players in this story. Uh, there's Kevin Manis and there is Jason Haxton. And I get a little confused as to who kind of kickstarted all of this uh, because I don't know that there was a website and then there was the Dybbuk box, which was being sold on eBay and just a lot of people telling stories and then kind of backtracking. Uh, mm-hmm. So I, I think it gets a little confusing from this point. Suffice to say, it's not true. <laughs> well, I think it was Kevin Manis that really snowballed this into something ridiculous. Matza balled it into something ridiculous, I guess, if you will. Um, it just, it was around 2001. And, you know, he claims he went to, uh, um, he wanted to get th- this little wine cabinet 
uh, as an odd gift for his mother. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, the, the story goes that his, his father used to get his mother a plaid dress every year for her birthday and uh, without fail. And the thing was, is she hated plaid. So he would give that to her and then she could take it back to the store and get whatever she wanted. Uh, and, and that just made it easy for him. So it kind of started a tradition of getting strange gifts. So he saw this, uh, this wine cabinet and decided that it would be the perfect gift for his mother. Mm-hmm. Well, I should say what they found inside of this. So it was a little different. It wasn't a tooth. It wasn't a, a dead bird or moths or anything like that. <laughs> uh, so we didn't go back to talking about the, the dentist either. You reminded me. Oh, but yeah. so inside this, this wine cabinet, uh, there were two locks of hair. There was a granite slab, I think, with some um, Hebrew written on it. Uh, there was a, a dried rosebud and a goblet and two wheat pennies. I don't know what a wheat penny is. Oh, and a wheat penny is on the backside. Instead of the Lincoln Memorial, they have two uh, oh. wheat wheat uh, like stalks of wheat, wheat coming together. Oh, okay, yes. very very Jewish. Wheat. Yep, wheat. <laughs> so a candlestick as well and a dibbuk. Yeah, that was yeah an unexpected thing that was in there but we saw the mother recounting the story on uh tv i can't remember what the name of the show was it was a paranormal a witness uh, paranormal stories yeah Yeah, kind of show and she was retelling the story and i mean she was she truly believed in it and it appeared as she was speaking as though she'd had a stroke and that was the case and the way they positioned it was as though he presented this gift to her the son and then he walked away and as she's looking at it, she experienced a stroke and uh, she was unable to speak and uh, unable to communicate with him and uh, with the son. And finally he came back in the room and called for an ambulance, but she was very firmly placing blame on this box that that is what uh, had caused her stroke. And so I don't know what the correlation is between when that took place, but she certainly presented it and he presented it as though the box had caused her stroke. Right. When she was trying to become verbal again, she was writing messages to him saying like bad gift, (laughs) you know, like the effective message was do not want. This is bad. Don't get rid of it. Good. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 I can't exchange this for whatever I want. Right. Right. You the plaid dress. Thank you. Right. Yeah. 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 (laughs) (laughs) But then we have other people too. I mean, what I find is strange. And I think it was the, the other fellow was it. uh, Jason Haxton, who'd had the Dybbuk box, who purchased it at another point, and he'd had it for about two decades and talked yeah. about all of these terrible things that had happened to him. Why wouldn't you get rid of the, the bloody thing in, because in that period of time? Because he was blogging about it and writing a book about it. That's Yeah, yeah. well, exactly. But, I mean, if you truly felt that this thing was evil, you would get rid of it. You wouldn't keep it. A lot of people stay in troubled relationships for reasons that are really hard to explain. So, yeah, <laughs> with boxes, yeah. It's complicated. It's complicated. But uh, it, it's interesting to see now if you go and Google Dybbuk boxes, there are so many of them for sale and people actually recreating very beautiful versions um, and selling them. But uh, they're, they're still pretty popular. And yet it seems as though, I guess, to get to the crux of it, that Dibbics are a thing in terms of belief in Jewish tradition and folklore, but a Dibbic box is not. Is not. Exactly. Yeah. It was created by Manus, Kevin Manus. Um, Yes. And and that's, you know, really uh, interesting thing for him to come out and and talk about. It's 
it's rare. It's, it's I like it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, the thing that's funny is, you know, one interviewer um, called him up and he was, you know, like admitting the whole thing to him. And then when the interviewer started like hitting him with some tougher questions about it, he started kind of uh, uh, waffling and, and going back on some of his story. You know, it, it's a little bit like the Fox sisters. Yes, um, exactly what I was thinking. It's, yeah, we're it's completely true, fixed. it's not, it's true, it's not, yeah. Exactly, and, uh, you know, it did finally, you know, then he got a hold of the, the interviewer again, said, okay, I'm ready, I'm ready for all the hard questions, go ahead, <laughs> and it was a little bit like he was trying to get the interviewer to kind of beat it out of him, he wanted to let, uh, he wanted to let the demon go. Um, want to be yeah. free of the lie. I mean, it's, it, it is yeah. a yeah. burden to keep having to mm-hmm. tell the same story, you know, mm-hmm. it's just, it well, is. What offends me with this story is that he was linking the box to uh, a previous owner, a Polish woman who had been, uh, who was a Holocaust survivor. So I think capitalizing on that kind of story is, is, is the real evil here. That's right. A horrible thing to do. It gets a little crazy because he says she was trying to summon some magical force to help conquer Hitler and it mm-hmm. went wrong. And so what she summoned had to be trapped in the box to protect everybody. And that since she'd done Over this, many top. horrible things had happened, like, you know, World War II, Korea, all these different, like the Vietnam War, all these things are attributable to the, the mistake of letting this thing out. But then when you really... hear about the other stories that, that these owners talk about, it's things like nightmares. And I had some bad luck. Toe. I had some, yeah, yeah. <laughs> had some mis- misfortune so a little bit different my cake fell team was cancelled yeah. but <laughs> there is a, an episode of the twilight zone uh, where a, a man has trapped the devil uh, and while the devil's trapped you know it helps keep evil out of the world and, and uh, he had to track the devil down because he had acts, it's called the howling man it's a really fun story but it's uh, by Charles Beaumont and uh, he had um he had found the devil captured and accidentally gets tricked into releasing him and then has spent many years hunting him down and capturing again. And now he's got him and everything's going to be okay. And then in the end, somebody lets him out again because the devil's very tricky. But the whole point being that all the, all the perils and evils of the world are caused by Satan running loose is, uh, is very simplistic, very widely believed. And in my opinion, a, a, a cop out. So yeah. Yeah. For sure. Well, I was going to talk a little bit about the ad that he, the eBay uh, listing. Oh, sure. Yes. Yeah. And I mean, it was the, the eBay listing was so long and detailed and, 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 and everything else that it, uh, you know, some people calling the, the divot box an urban legend. Um, and it, it doesn't quite fit that because it's, uh, it, it is so mapped out and, um, it, it's not so much, oh, my, you know, cousin's daughter's neighbor right you know, right saw it so it's it's not really an urban legend it's just a work of fiction and mm-hmm. this guy wrote a beautiful fiction uh for this this uh ebay uh posting and um it was you know to to any person that's of that mindset it was very convincing you know he covered all the bases very well um, and of course, you know, prices started going up. Not as much as I would expect it. I would have thought the price would have gotten higher. Well, um, yeah, you can we get do know that that you tens know, of thousands of dollars for a, a you know Jesus on, uh, on a toast. cheese sandwich. <laughs> yeah, and this only went for I think about two hundred dollars. I think initially yeah. it went for one hundred and something, mm-hmm. and the yeah. second time around it was 
230 i think uh, yeah yeah not and not it, that much and and where is it now <laughs> oh you want to do where that is now the big box now well yeah <laughs> unless you've got anything more to say because i was going to go into the the confession no there was a, a particular guy that uh we discussed um on our haunted objects uh monster talk live uh that has one of these museums by the name of zach Bagans. Yeah, Bagans. Bagans. I have tea Bagans. Bagans. Uh, Scooby Douche, yeah. <laughs> uh, whatever you want to call him. Uh, he uh, he purchased this for an undisclosed amount. And yeah, I'd like to know how much he paid. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but he has, uh, it, it's in his little museum making money for mm-hmm. him there. But uh, he is really pushing hard the idea that this is the most haunted object on earth and so much so that a lot of people are taking that for granted that it is the most haunted object on earth although we know for a fact that zach has never exaggerated or faked anything in his entire career well i've got a quote here so i think it was earlier on during the the pandemic where he and some of his cohorts stayed in the museum for a couple of weeks doing some quarantining themselves and uh so it doesn't sound like a publicity stunt or anything like that and during this time they opened the box so here's a quote from zach so they opened the box and the scariest moment for me is what i saw and felt we captured on camera an unbelievable mist coming out of the box that manifested eyes the lead investigator also believes he saw the dibic entity crouching down towards the wall behind the box. So, I mean, truly, if this thing was capable, but if it was capable of all of these things, as in the movie, as in the the stories, the narratives, um, you'd be getting the hell out of there, wouldn't you? This thing was going to stop Hitler. (laughs) They didn't didn't show that effect in the film, and that seems like a missed opportunity. Well, I don't know. You can see... uh little bit here yes yeah but, yeah but then but post no no a missed opportunity <laughs> oh yeah. was, uh, no i heard you i was just okay. ignoring you ignoring yeah. <laughs> um no the thing is, is yeah that that was the night post malone was there correct that was yeah, the big that's, uh, that's right oh yeah the cursing rocker, yeah. of of post malone and Lots he never actually touched it he never actually touched it so um, and now his face is covered in tattoos how can mm-hmm. science explain this yeah, he yes. said, yes, some of his experiences, I think it was in that kind of, yeah, he had some bad luck, you know, he IBS. lost some money on the horse or something, I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, well, it wasn't anything very serious. But I think that the the most interesting part of all of this is that all the things that Zach has said, I think he's said somewhere else that the box has not yet finished, <laughs> that it, there's a lot more that it's going to, to do to accomplish whatever. Yeah, but that was but even think- in response to uh, them saying, oh, did you not hear that this was all a well, hoax? That's exactly where I'm going. So mm-hmm. Manus wrote a Facebook post. This is October 24th, 2015. They said, I am the original creator of the story of the Dybbuk box, which appeared as one of my eBay posts back in 2003. The idea that Dybbuk boxes have some kind of history prior to my story and the idea that a Dybbuk box could contain anything other than a Dybbuk, along with any deviation to the type of contents I created to be found inside of a Dybbuk box, is laughable at best. How about this? If you or anyone else can find any reference to a Dybbuk box, so sick, in history prior to my eBay post, 
I'll pay you $100,000 and tattoo your name on my forehead. And yet it seems to be Post Malone that tattooed something on his forehead. So It's true. But... <laughs> Yeah, but uh, yeah, it has done nothing, I think, to um, alleviate the fear and belief that a lot of people have in this whole idea. They've they've done two things here. They've they've basically said that because he did this. Now he claims he is such a devout uh, Jew that yeah, and he studied the Kabbalah and everything else, and he's so devout. Then why did he create this big lie? If that's the, the case, box. yeah, the divot <laughs> yeah. box, um, you know, he created this huge lie and it's, it's steamrolling forward still, but they're saying because he did that, he actually cursed the box by doing it. There's that aspect, or there's the idea that thought forms are a real thing and everybody <laughs> believes that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> now you can't deny it, Blake, because... <laughs> You know, enough people believed in it. Now it is cursed. Um, well, and I have to it, say, it, yeah, yeah. I, okay. I, I'll say this. The Black Eyed Kids, same thing. One guy writes a very fascinating and spooky internet story. Internet and then what legends, happens? Yeah. Everybody starts writing their own. And then it happened to me. Yeah. The little black eyed kid showed up. It's the same thing. And when I, he's done, no, and I don't on, believe put, in. Put the brakes on, Blake. I'm going to yeah. stop you right here because, uh, Okay. We were going to record yesterday this show. Why didn't we? I got oh, cursed. Yeah. Yep, with a no. sore throat. <laughs> yeah, I guess I had a sore throat. And how can science explain this? But then we resumed you see this today. So you see this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I was, Is I that was, a power band? Yeah. I was. I wish that would be awesome. Anyway, uh, yeah, I was I was walking bullets and I got <laughs> shot in the arm. No, uh, I was cleaning the basement. And I managed to fall up the stairs. Answer that one, science. I yeah, fell no, up I'm the no. stairs and I got a gash on my wait, arm. Wait, wait. Son, that's all because we're doing this show. So, <laughs> but in, in all, I just, the idea, so I don't believe there's a supernatural element, but I do believe that stories in our minds take on a life of their own. And, and that whole, absolutely, what, like you see people sharing things on the internet and then mm. some people can't leave it at that. They have to put their own little twist on it and they, you know, yeah. that you can call it memes or whatever you want, but people love to share stories and make themselves a part of it and it's keep these legends communal alive. It's a reinforcement yeah, as well. It I is. Think. It absolutely is. And so he's, yeah. he's brought something to life. I don't think it's demonic, but it's certainly narrative. So yeah, yeah. absolutely. Well said. Yeah. Well, I think on that note, there's not really much more to say about this. I mean, it, it's a hoax, um, but it is it, it exists as a thing because, for cultural reasons, um, and it's a, a movie. And I think it's a pretty fair movie. Blake, you didn't like it very much? I didn't, but, you know, uh, tastes vary. It was very pretty. It was easy to watch. So, you know, you won't hurt your eyes. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it, it wasn't to my taste, but uh, then I have terrible taste. I mean, look at me. I, I some reason didn't true. like this beautiful. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't like this beautiful movie, but I love Italian horror from the seventies. <laughs> Who can explain this? I don't know. So. Science. Try to explain <laughs> yeah. that one. More, more bad luck. Curse yeah. continues. <laughs> so, um, but thank you for joining us for this discussion everybody yes yes it was, oh, it was good, fun it was good fun, fun to talk I, about I, I do want to say really quickly that uh, the story is ongoing and the reason it is is because kevin manis and uh, haxton are basically having a little bit of a feud and don't seem to like each other 
Um, now, Haxton is the one Ooh, that wrote- it's the Highgate vampire all over again. This is yes. great. These things yes. happen. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and, you know, uh, Haxton is the one who wrote the book and sold the rights for the movie and made mm. the lion's share of the money off yeah. of the whole thing. And so he's claiming, oh, he's just jealous of me. He's just jealous. And and uh, and and then you've got Manus going, I'm not jealous. Oh, oh, and I did want to also say the mother's performance on um, was a paranormal witness was also fake. She uh, she did not believe in the the Dybbuk box either, and that was all made up on the spot by her. She uh, she faked wow. that whole thing. She as came well. across as so sincere. Mm-hmm. That's really, I mean, yeah, TV he, studio. You never know where but... those improv skills are going to pop up. What? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I mean, he uh, he said Highest that that was fraud. a gift from his mother that he he she did that. Um, uh, but uh, tangled web. Yeah, yeah. Wow. But the, the best thing about that that original Dybbuk box was the way it opened. When you pull out that drawer and the doors open, I mean, it was so graceful mm-hmm. and and attractive. It felt like something was opening those doors on you. And uh, I think the one in the movie wasn't as cool, uh, other than oh, the fact that it was a puzzle not. box. But yeah, it um, looked, yeah, it looked like a stick. Someone had kind of whittled. <laughs> it wasn't so, as impressive. But uh, wind it up. Is there anything we w- that this movie could have done to make it better for you, Blake? Um, I think if I'd had some uh, a Passover wine to go with it, it would have probably helped. Yeah. Oh, right. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. Monster Talk. You've been listening to Monster Talk, the science show about monsters. I'm Blake Smith. And I'm Karen Stolzner. You just heard an audio-only presentation from our YouTube series, The Based on a True Story, covering the 2012 film, The Possession. A link to the video, as well as to the movie and other research materials are in our show notes. You can enjoy extended commercial-free versions of this show by joining us at patreon.com forward slash monster talk, all one word, M-O-N-S-T-E-R-T-A-L-K. For as little as $2 a month, you can enjoy longer interviews, unbleeped language, and bonus episodes exclusive for patrons. And if $2 a month is not workable for you, but you still want to help out, be sure and leave us a positive review on your podcasting platform of choice. iTunes reviews in particular can help bring in new listeners and your positive reviews really make a difference. If you want to learn other ways to help out, visit monstertalk.org forward slash support, where you can find even more ways to help keep this show going. Thank you to all of you who are supporting us with your hard-earned money and valuable time. We are humbled and grateful and hope that we always live up to or even exceed your expectations. Monster Talk theme music is by Peach Stealing Monkeys, and we appreciate your making our humble show a part of your complicated life. Thanks. Monster House presentation. 
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.